sounds good. Man. Okay, Dim. Ramon. Welcome, welcome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Let's jump straight into entrepreneurial endeavors. What's what's your story? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> in entrepreneurial life or in terms of the coaching? Um, so I know that you have like a very uh, diversified background. You started like... Um, uh, you, you've been working in um, as a project manager and you're a coach. And if I'm not mistaken, you have a background in the like military as well? Yeah, that's right. So there's <laughs> you did your research. <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> I, I want to know uh, how you navigated all of these like different um, industries and in interests. Mm-hmm. That's a great question, Ramon. You know, what helped me at a very tender age, which was at the age of 19, there was a book that was given to me called The Way of the Superior Man. And I don't know if you've heard of this book, but it's called The Way of the Superior Man, uh, A Man's Guide to the Challenges of Work, Life, and Women. Okay. Yeah. Those are challenges. Yeah, yeah. Those are the, I would say, the main challenges that guys feel like they perceive. And and one of the early challenges that we all get is what do we want to do with our life? You know, what's the choice that we make after we... Um, go from school to uni to co- corporate to whatever. That book was given to me at 19 and a big part of that book is trust your inner truth. Like listen to your your deepest truth and, and trust that and act on that. Because the more you act on that, the more that will guide you and, and be like a North Star for you. And so for me, to answer your question, I... I always wanted to be like Will Smith in Independence Day, like fighting <laughs> aliens, just like be, yeah, and blah, blah, blah. So We might be close to uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we could go there. <laughs> but uh, basically what happened was um, I used to get airsick. So I'm like, okay, I'm probably not going to be a, a fighter pilot. But I did like the idea of service. And so that's what uh, led me to join uh, the army. Um, and... I would I spent four years there and you learn leadership and all of those type of things uh, but discipline I guess yeah another reason why I joined it basically at 18 years old like um, I was already considering it and then that was my deepest truth and that's what I went into and and they're good things to learn you know at, at that age like learning some structure and discipline and learning how to uh, it's quite myopic you know it's 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 quite just going straight to one thing yes uh but but they're, they're definitely it's good character development um and it trains you in a lot in leadership and and working well with other people um from there part of that was like well this is good but i i also realize i'm not going to be killing aliens like <laughs> and and there there are some things about the the it's called the defense force but at the same time a lot of the things you do are not in australia they're they're overseas and and some of those things like i didn't really agree with and that's just me personally you know i I definitely like the defense aspect of it but i I didn't want to go to to do something political you know and yeah take a bit more control of my destiny and um that's why i was able to easily go into being a project manager like into corporate because it, being an army officer and being a project manager, it's kind of the same <laughs> same skill set. So, like, at 22, I was doing project management. Um, 
and it helped that I went into an organization like HP that didn't it hadn't had a, gr a graduate program in like six years. So they had a, a whole kind of upper middle management and senior workforce. They didn't have anyone like at the junior levels as such. And so when I came into it, I was able to take up a lot of response. I had the opportunity to take up a lot of responsibility at a young age. Um, and thanks to the army training, it, it helped. But how did how, how did it help what kind of like skill set uh, that you learned during your army experience could you like apply on the it's uh, i would say it's uh getting not getting caught up in the process rather having your eye on the purpose behind what you're doing in the army they called it commander's intent so because as you as everyone would know um, in any movie, army movie, for example, the plan never goes to plan. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so what, what that means is don't have too much attachment to that individual plan. You have to rather be conscious about in the army, they call it commander's intent. Commander's intent basically means um, what does your one up like your boss? What, what do they really want to achieve here? And what does your boss's boss really want to achieve here? And so in the perspective of the army, like that's. Uh, like that gives you like a true north about what you're really doing here. And then it doesn't really matter. Like if you're trying this way or that way, it doesn't, it doesn't matter as long as you're really meeting the purpose. Um, and so when I went into project management and, and so that's your north star, like the real purpose. And then it's about realize, recognizing that, for example, um, it's a common illusion to think that, you know, because of the ranks, that like an officer is is more smarter or paid more or whatever than than a soldier but that's not true some people choose to 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 be officers where they're like the leading teams and things like that but some people just want to be specialists where they want to be a, a filmmaker or they want to be a, a, pr a damn good producer or a sound te technician and they just want to be the best in that field and it gives you uh, a level of respect for you know what like that person who's a rifleman or that person who is a, um, a software engineer or, or whatever, then they're no better than you or whatever. It's not about that. It's they maybe so they really, really, really appreciate software engineering and that's what they want to do. Um, and I think that what that gives you is just an ability to look at every everything around you in a more resourceful light where it's like, okay, this is, and this is all I did in project management, by the way. It was just like, what do these people really want? Like, what's the real purpose that they're trying to achieve? Like, there's all this stuff that people say they want, but then there's what they really want. And I was able to just get to the core of what they really wanted. Uh, and when you get to that core, you a lot of uh, perceived restrictions get lifted because you know what the real thing is and you help other people realize this is the real thing they want. And then because you recognize other people's strengths, you're able to... Um, uh, and, and, and I think another part of that is like there's no ego um, just because the army beats the ego out of you. you Absolutely. This is what I was about to say. Uh, in my perception, uh, in my understanding, uh, that might just uh, be the case of the American army. I don't know. But uh, what, what I get is that soldiers are not um, instructed to think like they just need to follow orders mm. and how does that translate to like being able to adapt to any circumstances where the things don't go according to the plan and you need to like be smart and, and change whatever mm. you're doing to mm -hmm. to meet whatever uh, goal that the whole troop has um 
so if you're just supposed to follow orders yes so uh, i've obviously my only experience is with the uh australian army but having said that um we worked with the american army and and the um uk army and they a, a big concept there is initiative okay yeah it, it's a big it's a big one and it's it, on it the individual level 100 percent, because it's like in the movies it makes it it doesn't it doesn't look like that but yeah. actually um what they're really trying to show people is to understand commander's intent so you have initiative okay. so you understand what the real goal is and you don't have an attachment to the specific route to get there that's that's the way we survive uh, mm. interesting um, mm. i have a few friends that are part of the army in the u.s and the the experience that they were telling me from when they w- were sent on missions overseas uh they just got assigned a specific task and to be honest they didn't have any idea why were they, they were there yeah, yeah it was a bit surprising maybe yeah i'm honestly from the bottom of my heart maybe i was just lucky that i was around really good people like uh, i'm really i'm the first person to to say that you know i, w- I was i had some really great people I, like they were i met some of the worst people in my life there but i also met some of the best people i've ever met like people that would do the right things behind closed doors you know um, i met so um but you know what it's a great point i think that especially what i did with my life between 18 and 22 uh, outside of the army and personal life where um i just just had ego and i was just young and you know and the the things that girls like uh, are like the guys who 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 are like muscly and they got money and yeah. um and and at the time there was a lot of gangs and things like that i got associated with um a lot of bad people too um i recognize a lot of good qualities about them but i think things like this have made me realize man the importance of just being around the the right people it has such a big impact so, so what was the next transition from project management to uh helping other being a coach uh basically what happened ramon was i I spent four years doing project management and around 24 25 i had it i one of my highest values is contribution and like helping helping others you know i think a lot of people have that and um for me I personally didn't feel that was happening in the in in that place that I was working at. And uh what ended up happening was I I was doing the senior project managers. I was getting paid 60 grand a year but because I had come from the grab program and I was doing a senior project manager's job like guys that get paid 160 grand a year, they like I would be literally be they would be giving me some of their projects and I'd be doing them. Well, oh, one, one day uh I had delivered a a six month project which basically i realized later was they all thought it was it was supposed to be impossible to deliver no one wanted to put their reputation on it and it was given to me i didn't know any of this stuff right (laughs) and it was given to me and i didn't know it was supposed to be impossible and i basically just used like og army skills which was just like okay well i don't know how we're going to do this i just got everyone in the room together and was like i was like boys like how long does it take to do this job? How long does it take? And, and I just did that and we were able to deliver this thing. And I remember getting to the office the next day um, and I'm 25 and and I couldn't pick up a pen that whole day. And I was like, man, what we just did then, what's, this is supposed to be a super high point in my career, you know, as a, a young guy. Uh, and 
it felt totally pointless. I was like, what was all of that for? Yeah, and it must be frustrating. It was, was frustrating, man, because we worked so hard and it just didn't feel like it actually made the world a better place in any way. And uh, there was two things I did that day. I booked sick leave and I, um, I booked an Airbnb and I told my parents, please don't freak out, but I'm going to like take a week to Zen out and just figure out my life. And I went to this Airbnb and I just zen out and I was at the beach and things like that. And when I got back and I read that book again, The Way of the Superior Man, and uh, when I got back, I told my parents, please don't freak out. But like the, I, I don't know what I want to do, but I can't do this anymore. And I, um, and what I wanted to do made no sense, which was to go to, go to Kenya and build homes, go to Africa and build homes. Because when I was 21, I went to Costa Rica to build an orphanage. You can do this volunteer travel stuff. So I went yeah. to, yeah. At 23, I went to Indonesia and I built a kindergarten there. And for me, that's where I felt a lot of fulfillment. So, of course, when this crisis happens at 25, uh, that's, that was my one blueprint that I knew that would make me feel better. And so I said to my parents, look, I've got to cut like the whole energetic cord here. Like I've, I'm going to leave this job and I'm not, I'm not coming back. I, I'm, you know, it's not like a sabbatical. It's like literally I'm, I'm leaving and I don't have another one lined up. And I, long story short, I spent six months away. Um, I went to Africa, I traveled around, blah, blah, blah. And I did this soul searching stuff. And at this time, why Africa? For me, it just felt so raw. Like I, at the end of the day, it was wherever I was going to go. I wanted to go to a third world country because that's typically where the uh, volunteer building work is. Yes. But I think especially because the um, pain in me felt was so much of feeling so unfulfilled that uh, a place like uh, Africa, it, it just felt so raw and so um, uh, like challenging that it's kind of like the equal and opposite thing that I needed to to help me break through this, th th this yeah, like a pent up stress that I had. So I, need, I needed that. Uh, that's why I chose it. It just felt very honest, honest work to do. So, and, and for me, man, culturally, especially especially people who are like like asian and um i i would say predominantly asians like i i've i've known like my my wife's uh russian so they i know that they have this as well um it, it's kind of like your parents when you're growing up you're either a doctor an engineer a lawyer or a failure <laughs> like that's the kind of mentality you know I don't know if you have that Italian. It uh, in Italy, I guess everyone's a failure anyway. I'm biased. Italy, Italy is a cool place for certain things, for very few things. Uh, <laughs> I love Italians, man. Um, so what did you do in Africa? Well, okay. So, look, I was, I was building... Um, I was building homes for, for a couple of weeks. I climbed Kilimanjaro. Like I, I, mm. went, I went through the east and the south. Uh, and, and where I was going with that point, uh, Ramon, was that it, because of, I think, the cultural upbringing, um, the story is you, you, you do the HSC, you get into uni, then you get a job, and then you get married, and then you shut the F up. Like, that's the story, you know? And for me, I had done enough of that story to be... Because I hated uni. And then I was in corporate and it, it wasn't fulfilling. And I'm like, man, I've done enough of this to like start to question this a bit. Yeah. And, but be, and so I went to, to, to figure stuff out. But in doing that, 
my 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 friends who are like my close friends to this day uh they didn't know what to say to me because i was really uh traveling off the beaten path at that point i didn't mean to i was i was not brave this was out of pain like i was in pain for for being in a place i was so unfulfilled in uh and 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 the thing that came to my aid ramon was these personal development books and things like that it was it was tony robbins and eckhart tolle and and all of these yeah. guys right um so to end to, to answer your your question the long way when i got back from africa there was a lot of things that i learned through these books that helped that gave me guidance during this time when i got back i was still 25 and because of these lessons i learned and because i was really listening to myself more I was able to land a job that paid um, 200 grand. Like I went from earning 60K a year to 200 grand a year and I'm still 25. That's not bad. It's not bad, right? And, and it was these things were paying off. And so I started to, and I, I was able to find much more fulfilling roles. You know, my last four years in corporate were like freaking lovely, <laughs> you know, because um, anyway, but I started to share the stuff that I learned, like these lessons on Instagram, basically. Okay. And when I was doing that, a lot of like younger guys who so you went back to corporate anyway yeah i went back to corporate because i was like i i my goal initially was i was 25 and i'm like well by 35 i want to be financially free so i can um uh, uh like go build orphanages full-time basically that was the initial plan um and i i going back to corporate i like uh, uh, you know it was earning good money I, I bought like you know i've got like four properties and i had six at one point like i built up like a property portfolio so i was very much pursuing this this plan um but along the way because i was sharing all of these lessons a lot of young guys who maybe saw similar things were coming to me for guidance and so uh just over two years ago and so i started to coach them part-time and just over two years ago, I, I had a really great um, job at, at PwC before I left and who I have great relationships with to this day, like to the point that they even said, hey, if you'd like to come back, you know, we'd love to have you back. So they're beautiful people. Um, but yet two years ago, dude, I, I left to do the men's coaching full time. So um, I hope that answers the question of, of absolutely, like, how did absolutely. I? Yeah. Um, okay, men's coaching full-time since two years what's uh okay i guess the drive the motivation here is basically a need to to share and to help uh other people um why just men that's a nice question um initially when i started women as well but part part of it was part of it was a business reason in that you have to niche down Yes. But I think the larger part of it was you've just got to trust your heart as to what you know what it's calling you to to work with. And and maybe it's because like initially I had a difficult relationship with my dad until you know I spent like a 100 grand on myself doing personal development for myself now and on that journey that helped me resolve a lot of like stuff that I had with my dad. And I think, but I think, bless, I think because of the issues I had, because I, I got bullied a lot um, up till about age of 16 or so, until I was old enough to know better. I've, between like age, of, age 6 and 16, because of the family friends I grew up with and things like that, I, I, was, I was bullied a lot. Um, in which school or in general? Uh, because through family friends, because because we we would go to these family events pretty often, and, and oh. they would bully me a lot, and um, they didn't know any better. And but 
uh, and I was bitter about all that stuff, by the way. Like, I, I'm, I'm sounding nice about it now. Nobody likes it anyway. Dude, yeah. dude, I was honestly super bitter about it. Um, and I was super bitter about stuff that happened with my dad as well. And um, what helped me release that bitterness was that, for example, with those family friends, because I got bullied so much, I felt like I didn't have much of a community and I didn't have much support and I didn't feel like I was understood or or, or, or supported or uplifted or cared for. And that made me value all of that stuff. And if you think about what I do as a job now as a men's coach, my job is to like connect to people, help them, not judge them, help uplift them. Um, and then because of the stuff that happened with my dad from when I was 12, I felt at the time that I didn't have much of a guidance figure or a leadership figure or all of those things. Um, I realized later that those traits entered my life in different forms because yes. energy never gets destroyed. It just tra- changes forms. And those, those things, like I didn't see them in my dad anymore, but I, I still got them from other forms. But through doing all this work, dude, those things became things that I really valued, you know, like guidance and things like that. And be, and because because I initially thought that I had that issue with my dad, um, I felt like there was a void of guidance, and I came to value guidance, and I came to value giving guidance to others, and and I think t- thanks to those two key emotional things that happened when I was young, it it gave me a strong affinity towards the boys, and one of my highest values as well is camaraderie. You know, and I'm going to one of my retreats. To, I'm running a retreat tomorrow, um, and I I feel like really alive when I think of you know the bun- bunch of the boys. Like we, we do we do a hike. Like we work work on all these things together. Like it's fun, man. Yeah, is, yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's strong motivation. <laughs> I have two things that uh, come to mind. The first is about um, how. I, I can understand what you're saying because I, I've been uh, bullied as a kid as well. And I think in my experience that, that that was actually a drive. It gave me motivation. You know, through this, through this struggle, you kind of grow. And, and having to solve that problem, having to face all of these like hostile kids around me all the time, I, I, I had to learn how to um, find my way to to socialize with people and then basically uh, creating a sense of community became sort of natural to me that's why uh, most of the things that i work with come through networking like everything that i do is networking nowadays and all of that comes from that problem <laughs> uh, being bullied basically Have the you? other thing is um Back to the father figure. It comes to mind the lyric of an Italian uh, song, something that say I'm trying to translate it. Uh, it says, "Father, father is just like the father is just a man, and men are many. So choose one, follow him, and learn from him." It, it, it means that like you can find a father figure in whoever has the values that you share, and it, not having a valid father figure should not be your limitation it's uh it's something that like you you can choose your own path in a way you're, you're a great podcaster ramon <laughs> i really mean that that was cool because like what i shared with you is like a, a pretty nuanced concept in my my opinion you know and the fact that you were able to understand it so well I, i'm, I'm yeah. trying to <laughs> that's yeah, that's um so back to back to the um thanks <laughs> um 
Back to the uh, motivation. Uh, how does your program work? Let's get in depth of, of like what mm-hmm. you do, how you help people. Uh, here's the easiest way I can explain that, Ramon. I honestly believe, and I'm sure you believe this as well, there's going to be a time in the future where all men will know how to healthily process their emotions. There will be a time in the future where all men know what their purpose is and they're not going to be having bad self-talk or self-sabotage. They're going to be out of their own way and they're going to be pursuing their future and they're going to be feeling fulfilled and driven and alive while they're doing it. The work I'm trying to do is to help create that future. Okay. That's what I do. Right. And so everything that I do is 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 reverse engineered from that. And so, uh, for example, one of the, the initial things I do with the guys is help them understand themselves. So so first we catalog. Wh- I, you know, f- a lot of guys felt that they haven't expressed themselves totally. Like, I'm really lucky. Like I get someone like you who wants to like podcast me and, and ask my story. A lot of people, they, they, everyone has something they want to share. You know, and, and it's the first thing I do is, is give them a platform to express all of that. So they, they get it out there. And when you create an opening like that, then you can ask them some deeper questions. Like you, you help them find their values. Because the thing is, one of the big truths of life that I found is if you want to find the real secret to motivation and fulfillment and all of this stuff, you've got to understand what your inner values are and then you've got to prioritize your life around them. Because if you value something, you will naturally find a way to do it. You either do it in the light or in the dark, but you find a way to, like if you really love driving, if you don't get to actively drive you know, enough, then probably when you get behind the wheel of a car, you'll probably speed or something like that. Yes. So, so you've got to, and the, here's the thing, your values are a big part of who you are. So the more you accept what your values are and live them, it's like the more you accept yourself. So you just feel happier and fulfilled because you get to do more of you. That's one of the first things I do with the boys. And here's the thing, your purpose, your life purpose, all those things, it comes from your values because no matter what your purpose, what you think your purpose is, it's probably going to incorporate your values. It's going to be an expression of your values. That's in my experience of like over like six years of helping guys find their purpose. It's something I have a natural knack for. It's always something to do with their highest values. So you help them understand their values. You help them understand their purpose. And when you get them to that point, then the last stop usually, or not th- maybe the second last stop, is helping them get out of their own way. Because okay. some, sometimes a lot of the boys... They, Self-sabotage. A lot, yeah, a lot of boys know what they need to do, but, but the issue is doing it. A lot of boys like will watch the podcast and they know all this stuff. They'll know the books, but whatever, something's stopping them from, from doing it. And it's getting to the root cause of that. The root cause of that is typically in one of two places. Number one, it's in an emotional place where they've had some kind of issue or something when they're growing up where they felt some kind of pain and subconsciously they're scared that that's going to show up again. And so the way that they're acting where it triggers, you know, like it'll manifest on the surface as an anger issue or anxiety or depression or, or hurt or guilt or something like that. That's what it manifests on the surface, but usually underneath there's some kind of uh, un, unresolved emotional thing. So you help them resolve that. And the other one is the self-talk. And that's usually because of beliefs that are going on in, the, in their head uh, where, for example, 
I used to think, oh, because I'm from the Western suburb, like it's, it sounds silly now when I say <laughs> it, but I'm like, oh, because I'm from the Western suburbs, none of like these, um, like the more upper class people won't really accept me or whatever. But that's really just me getting in my own way. And maybe it's, there's some truth in it, but, it, but at the end of the day, it's not going to help you um, progress your life. Um, and so it's helping them understand what those, those, those disempowering beliefs are. And when you help them clear all of that, you just find someone who is who knows what they want to do and they are full of energy to go and do it. And then the last part is just helping them execute. Fantastic. Uh, sounds, uh, sounds effective. Uh, to be honest, like I didn't have any guidance when I was trying to, to figure out my life, basically. And that took me like, I, I'm still not sure I know what I'm doing with this, all of this, any of this. Uh, but um, the main struggle to me was understanding your values i think which is ground zero of uh, your uh, pyramid um it's not easy how how does that work like everyone has different set of values and most of the values they are you do when when you so since the moment you're born uh you don't have values those are like sort of like planted by the the, the, the family the um, culture you were born in and uh your uh, circle of friends and um, uh, life events so how can you make sure that your values are actually what is the best value for you amen what a great question so uh, i have found that there's there's two types right there's some some values which which definitely are imprinted on you from just like you growing up and someone just indoctrinating you to think that way. Yeah. Um, th those are like, let's say that the outer ones and then you have like more inner ones, yeah. right? At the end of the day, what we've got to do is trust our deepest truth. So, so at the moment, if all you can comprehend are your outer values, then at the end of the day, you will still feel a level of fulfillment and drive in, fulfill in, in pursuing those as opposed to pursuing something that you don't think is your value right um and what you might find is after you pursue that enough then you'll realize you've given it enough and you're like hey, you know what like this value is something that's come from my culture it's not really who, who i am I, i've done it enough i'm okay to let it go and when you when you can it's almost like concentric circles you know and when coming to that realization is very hard y yeah yeah it yeah, it takes a, that, that, that's why like this introspective, but basically how, how people come to that realization. People tend to uh, embody the, their culture and they think that they are their culture, but that's just like a series of events that happened in the past. Like you are your own person. Correct. And well, I think the real question is like, um, are they, are they happy? And, uh, you know, you know, if, if they're happy, then it's with fine. those values, then it's fine, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, usually, you will know when it's time for them to to dig deeper. When they get to a point where they're they're not feeling satisfied anymore with whatever, and and that's an indication that they've uh, outgrown that value system, and and that's what actually creates the opening for them to go deeper. Until until we even experience dissatisfaction, we don't have enough evolutionary pressure to think deeper that's true it reminds me of a conversation that i i had with a friend like ages ago like probably 
20, no, 15 years ago, something like that. Um, this guy was saying, I don't want to know better. Like, I'm content. I'm happy the way I am. And I know that not everything that I think is correct. Actually, most of, the thi most of my belief system is fucked up. But I'm still happy with it. And I don't want to go through the disappointment of learning <laughs> that some of the <laughs> things that I know are wrong in order to achieve a greater status of happiness because I'm happy already and I don't need to go through that. What do you think about that? <laughs> you know how you mentioned there's an Italian song? Yeah. That, yep. There's a, there's a song that I know. And the, the chorus of that song is, she don't want to be saved, don't save her. And what that, <laughs> what that means is, what that means is um, if that person is, is adamant about staying in their paradigm, I'd, I'd, that's fine. I'd rather spend my time helping someone who's crying out for help because there's enough people who want the help. That's true. I'm not trying to force it. Like, and from my, ex from my experience, Ramon, it's not sustainable to, because I know, I know how to get someone to think about the right things to cause them pain and all these NLP things. But I also know it's not sustainable to do that. The per if you don't want to change, then yeah, if you don't want like that, our, I believe our job, even in a relationship, we gotta, we've got to choose, can we accept that person as they are? Because we shouldn't accept them for who we hope they can be. Yeah, people don't change anyway. Like, uh, to an ex unless they want to. Unless they want to. Unless something comes where they have the dissatisfaction or, or, or they feel that there's more on the table. Um, but I, I believe the moment they want to change, that's where they're already changing. It, it, it's, it's like a bridge or it's like, like taking a, a sort of leap. That's what I actually. That's exactly what I do. Like that's what wh when I'm talking to someone, they they're experiencing the pain. They they know that they want to change or they feel that like there's something more. What they don't have is the guidance on how to do it. And and that's the, I mean that's where people like myself come in. I just I just help hold their hand and I take them on the journey to the other side. And you mentioned uh, three uh, key elements before um, relationship, uh, work, and what was the third one? Uh, like in, in the way that you help people to achieve their goals in terms of relationship, like finding a healthy oh, relationship yes, and yes. finding so, like a good so career path. Co correct. So it's just like life, work and relationships. So life I is, is basically your experience of life in terms of your uh, emotional health and your level of fulfillment and motivation. That's, that's life. It's more of okay. a blanket term. For, for men, it's typically, it typically shows up in work and relationships, but Sometimes someone is their their work is great on paper, and their relationship is great on paper, but, but they're, they're still not happy. Yeah, and that's why we have life, work, and relationships. Okay, yeah, because the problem must be somewhere else. They're unsatisfied in their life, so that's why they cannot find satisfaction in their relationship, or they w even if they're going well. Right. Uh, how do you help with uh, relationships? In different ways, in different ways. Sometimes uh, I get guys who are, s it, this is really like fulfilling to me. So like, I'm, I'm smiling when I'm talking about it. But like there are guys who've come to, to my retreats and they've been single. And six months later, like they're with the one. Oh, and, 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 and that you can't like, you can't promise that. You can't put that in marketing material. No one can ever promise that. But Did they meet at the retreat? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> it's a guy's retreat. But what you find, oh, right. and, and I've, I've really... Um, I really believe this because this is what helped me find my um, my fiance, and I you, I found her when I was 29, and I feel like 
the biggest thing that helped me find her was the more and more and more I lived my truth, the more and more I lived my purpose, it it led me to make the connections and le- meet the type of people and do the type of work that made me the right match for her when I met her, you know? So I'm a strong advocate of living your, like knowing your purpose and living it. And I think like, I mean, that's what we did at those retreats. And so, so sometimes it's about helping a single guy uh, understand himself better so he can find his, his one. Interesting. Um, a lot of the times the guys are already in a relationship and there's there's drama showing up you know anger issues so one of the most touching cases and this guy even he wrote a made a nice video message for my birthday because working with him really moved me he had uh i think he had one baby at the time one one little daughter and, and his wife and they were, their marriage was on the rocks and there were there was all these things that were um, going wrong in the relationship and it was mostly due to his anger issues and his anxieties and so when we work together uh, like you there's emotional work that you can help people do to help resolve their own anger issues and their own anxieties so they become just more centered as guys and then when you help them understand like help them switch to a career path or, or find something that they're really satisfied in within their career path. They just become happier people. And th- uh, like, obviously, and then in the relationship, th- they're showing up to the relationship with their cup full. You know, we, with everything, we always, like, this is another important, like, foundational philosophy that, like, I try to help my guys with. It's we fill our own cup first. This is something that Tony Robbins says, you know, if a plane is going down, they don't say pull the oxygen mask down and put it on your kid. Like they say, put it on yourself first so then you can help other people. Um, and so uh, that's like a, a key philosophy that I, that I take the guys through when we, because after the retreats, we do like, um, like a six week follow up, like support program and things like that. And that's all about having the right rituals in place. And one of those rituals is a good morning routine to to help them you know i I show them some breathing you know wim hof breathing you would know that so it's like wim hof breathing and then you do meditation or or whatever you help them help them like maybe they want to go to the gym maybe they want to surf uh what whatever it is for them for them to feel honestly like they filled their own cup first a little bit when you do that then the person comes to the relationship with a full cup and what they're giving with, and not just in, not just their relationship with their wife, any relationship, they're giving with the overflows of their cup, not from the contents of their cup. Because if you're giving from the overflows, it's a lot harder to feel unappreciated. Or if you do feel unappreciated in the relationship, you have a, you're more emotionally centered to have a conversation about it. Um, with this guy I'm specifically referring to, because he just starts to feel a lot happier, his, his little daughter, like this is my favorite part of the story. His little daughter was never really close to him before. His oh. daughter like now would just like grab onto his legs, like wouldn't let him leave the house, like like always with him, which is amazing. Like they have a second kid now, like their, their family's like blooming and their relationship's really great. Um, and yeah, it starts with, it's, it starts with like healing ourselves, you know, and, and that's, and I'm no, you know, like this work was all done on me before I started helping other people with it. And like, uh, yeah, Anna and I like always work on this stuff. Mm. I I, um, I have a theory of selfishness. Basically, I agree with what with uh, what you just said. Um, if you focus on yourself in the sense 
try to be that sounds trivial but the the, the Mm, the way people phrase it is like try, try to be the best version of yourself it means that you, you cannot like deal with relationship with people in general if you're not if you're not happy already on your own so if you work on yourself to be happy and to to feel satisfied with your own life then of course you're gonna attract positive people and you're gonna look more interesting and because like happy people look much better anyway yeah. so um I, I was reading this study where like they, they were just showing and it was amazing um it was a study uh, done at stanford university i think they were just showing like to to um random people a set of pictures uh and in, in those pictures sometimes th there was like the same person but when they were sleep deprived on were they like freshly like rested and and they were just asking the, um, uh, the, the test people to tell if they were finding those people attractive more attractive right yes so the same person li like they were shuffling pictures so you don't remember if you have already seen somebody but they will go like this guy is attractive or this woman is not attractive and the same person would be not attractive if they if they were like super tired and they were attractive and that's the same thing like if you're in a good mindset you tend to attract people and you tend to attract positive people if you're grumpy all the time or upset or nervous it your life is n not not gonna go well not just because you attract negativity but because you're not in the right spot in the right mindset and and it, it, it's all a chain like everything is 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 connected in, in, in a way one of the most important <sighs> teachings that i like i help every like try to help everyone with it's called state management. You know, when, when I say state, it's kind of like mood or energy yes. management. Um, the thing is, if you keep showing up to your freaking relationship in a, in a lousy state, <laughs> your relationship is probably not going to have as good a chance of being amazing as if you showed up into your relationship in a fresh state. Yes. Right? And that's obviously really easy to say. But th there are protocols which are not that hard which we, if you just consciously know that, hey, you know what? I should always strive to, to show up to my relationship in a good state. Um, Tony Robbins calls it a beautiful state. So, so you don't have to be like, like all the time, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, but just, just calm, peaceful, easeful. Uh, so, you know, you can, you can have uh, positive expressions of, of lower energy states, you know, where you're just peaceful. And then, you, you know, you have a generally joyful state. State management is one of the most important things. Like when you know, okay, you know what? I've got to actually show up in a good state. Then you can start to instill some different protocols. Like one of them is called having a third space, which basically means like, okay, I'm coming home from work. I don't want to come come home like all defeated and, and looking like shit or, or, or whatever to my wife. <laughs> so I'm going to stop by at the gym first and I'm just going to use the, use the sauna for half an hour or, 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 or actually use the gym. Absolutely. Th things like that. So then when you show up, you show up in a gr good place. That's why I call it like selfishness theory because my point is you need to think about yourself first and it, when you think about yourself, and when you develop yourself, you're, you're, you're doing a service to other. You're, you're, you're pushing like a, a better, like you're presenting a better person for others Amen. to interact with. Mm. That's, that's, that's the whole point. How do you deal with unachievable goals? Can I say something quickly yeah. on the selfishness yeah, thing first? In addition to what you just said, 
here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand when they say, oh, no, I don't want to be selfish. The truth is, if you don't do selfishness in the light, it will still come out in the dark. <laughs> what, what that means is we'll, all of us have the trait of selfishness. There's no one who's not selfish. The question is, are you owning the fact that you're being like that? You're, exactly. you're, you're, and you're, are you doing it in the light where you're like, hey, you know what? I, I need some time for myself. You know, and you're 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 putting it in the light because if you don't, then you become the type of person that you know I I was where um you're doing things but you're hoping for something in return or you're getting upset when people are not considering you or not appreciating you. But that's but that means that means what you're doing is not really a selfless act. Then you're still doing it because you're hoping for something for yourself. It's better to just say, hey, this is how I would like to receive. Um, because cause, cause the truth is all humans need to receive, Absolutely. right? So, so it, we all do. So it's better to just own that and, and put it in the light. And then that way, when you give, you can give w without getting upset. You can just give totally as well. Do you believe in yeah. selfless acts in the sense that when people do something good for others, it, it, it's always like they get a validating feeling like I, I, if I do something good to you, it's going to be f I'm going to feel good because oh, I, I helped you out. So don't you think that some people just chase that feeling like I need to do good so I would feel good? Yes, yes, I do think people chase that feeling. And I think I, I think that ultimately we're all just trying to feel good, <laughs> I think. Right. Yes. And and so I, and I think my, my only thing is. Well, if you if we're all just trying to feel good, let's at least try to feel good using healthy protocols. Let's try to feel good by eating good and exercising and and doing something that adds value to human humanity. That that that's my own humble philosophy about that. <laughs> no, makes sense. Jumping back to my previous question, yeah. What? So, the the ultimate goal is to feeling feeling good basically. What if somebody has such crazy unachievable dreams that, that that was the reason behind my question mm -hmm. like some people have goals so high that it's not impossible but very unlikely to achieve those and do you think for that kind of people is there a way to like not feel frustrated during the whole like <laughs> existence basically and find happiness somewhere else while still trying to chase their their unachievable dreams well said well said look i, I i've had guys that were on the verge of like a marriage collapse who, who marriage collapsed alcoholics hated their job like everything was falling apart to a year later they they're making 30 grand a month with their old cons or, or their own consultancy <laughs> they've got a great relationship with their wife like they They've moved out to a new beautiful home. Um, for them, that transition is totally unachievable. I think in that situation, it's just taking it one step at a time. And you, ultimately, man, what gives happiness for all of us is, is feeling like we're progressing. Yes. And, and so even if someone has super... Uh, I've, I've helped other guys make 100 grand a month. Like they were school teachers <laughs> when they started. And, and now like these boys are making like a hundred thousand a month selling their Amazon stuff and blah, blah, blah. 
what intrinsically makes us happy is progress. So it's not about being attached to the hundred thousand a month or like these psycho goals that like it's just a growth. We can't comprehend. Yeah, it's understanding like where you are on the journey. Um, like part of it is the mindset of just going, dude. It's not. It, it's not about that because you don't know. Like th- there's this really wonderful movie called. Uh, I think it's called Peaceful Warrior. Like the book and the movie have a different name. It's The Spiritual Warrior, The Peaceful Warrior. It's basically about, it's a true story about um, an Olympic athlete uh, who is a male uh, gymnast and he breaks his back in a motorbike accident. Oh. And then it's about his the spiritual journey of him recovering himself and um, finding fulfillment within instead of just putting it uh, on, on the gold medal. And uh, on this... There's this really beautiful lesson that was on in in this movie where basically um, he says, look, as soon as you heal your back up enough, I'm going to take you on this big hike to the top of this hill because at the top of this hill, there's going to be this uh, this really cool um, this really cool thing I want to show you. So the guy gets super motivated, you know, on his recovery journey and even on his way up the t- t- to the top of the steep hill over hours through the early morning, he's so happy and f- happy about the whole thing. Anyway, he gets to the top of the hill and he's like, okay, okay, cool. What was the thing that you wanted to show me? The top of the mountain, I should say. The guy, the, the guide was like, uh, it's this rock right here. <laughs> And then the guy gets super pissed and he's like, wait, what are you talking about? Like you had me all G'd up and, and what you want me to show is this stupid rock. This must be a joke. And then, and then the, the lesson is, dude, you don't, you may say you want a Ferrari, but like you don't know what it's like to actually own a Ferrari. Maybe it's not as good as you think it is. Because by the way, like when you sit in the inside of a Ferrari, um, the interior of it is not that better than a Toyota 86 because a lot of these like sports cars, like they don't have like a nice glamorous interior and there's a whole, I, I still want a Ferrari, but there's still a, <laughs> that, but, but you've got to acknowledge that there's a massive headache that comes with having a Ferrari. Well, it's you not know? very spacious for a, for oh, a it's thing. Not, it's not, sp- there, there, there is, you know, man, with everything, we live in a world of duality. There is equal, um, equal benefits as there is drawbacks with everything. Absolutely. You know, and, and so. What's your drive to like wanting to have a Ferrari? You know what? I think just a Ferrari or any sport car. I've always wanted a Ferrari. The reason being is I've really thought about this. Um, See, I always loved flying, even though I got airsick. I always I loved I loved the idea of being a pilot and whatever. And um, I've had my um, my my current car for nine years, which is a sports car as well. Okay. And what is that? Oh, uh, it's it's a Toyota 86. I bought a brand new when I was 22. Okay. And uh, I love that car. Like uh, most people who see that car think it's, they ask, is it like a year old? Because I've really looked after <laughs> that thing. For me, I, I I just love like, I love cars. I love the open road. I love driving. It almost makes me feel like I'm flying, you know? And, and that's why I have such a high value on cars. And that's why I do believe in the end, I'm going to still get the Ferrari. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is, you will be deluded to think that the Ferrari was all good and not bad. Like the Ferrari was gonna have a, is gonna have some massive massive headaches that come along with it. In the same way, it's a delusion to think that to go back to your question, all these massive goals. It's a delusion to think that they're all good and not bad. Like they they're gonna come with some real yeah. big freaking headaches. So so when when someone understands fundamentally that there is a like that it's not that glamorous like it's still it's still awesome you should still do it but there's there's going to be a headache that comes with it too then it allows you to open up to the fact that you know what um 
I've got to find the fulfillment in, 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 in my working towards it every day. Yeah. Makes sense. The only reason why I don't want a Ferrari is because it's basically impossible to have sex in a Ferrari. Like it's too small. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have any questions? You can try on the side seat, <laughs> which is, yeah. It's not very comfortable. Uh, that's why you gotta get a Lamborghini. That's funny. Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, maybe, maybe. No, I'll consider a Lamborghini. Okay, so let's finish up with, if you had to do like three major piece of advice to anyone who's listening, what would those be? Number one, find your deepest truth. Make that a priority. Go, take a holiday. Go, go out by yourself. Do whatever it takes to find out what you really want to do. A spiritual journey, let's call it. Whatever it <laughs> takes, whatever it takes for you to hear what you really want to do. Number two, surround yourself with good people. If yes. People that help you grow and ideally people that will help you on your way to, to uh, realizing this purpose of yours. And this is very important. And what do you do if you don't have that kind of like if you're not surrounded by that kind of environment already because going on a spiritual journey or whatever you want to call it it's easy you just take off and 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 think about yourself and you go wherever you can go like overseas or you can just go next door it doesn't matter the problem is like the point is connecting with yourself mm. but finding the right people it's not entirely up to you it 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 takes other people so yes. what do you do if you're not surrounded by them already Right. You, well, most likely they, we're not surrounded by them in the beginning. So what you've got to do is find out where these people hang out. So, so maybe, maybe they're going to be at a personal development event. Or maybe, maybe if you love cooking or whatever, they're going to be at a cooking event. Whatever. Like, figure find out... Find your niche. Yeah, figure out... Find your people. Like, yeah, yeah. once you understand your, your purpose, it'll help you understand where people who are doing similar things or have similar interests are probably going to be. And then it's uh, and for some people they find that at their workplace if they have like a um, a workplace with a great culture th that's why they seek that out. But either way, your your purpose will give you like a bit of a true north to help you go. Okay, well, where are other people like this hanging out? And then it's on you because you know so like I've had people who are mentoring who are in, for example, Canberra, and over there they didn't they for themselves personally were not able to find a good network. And, and bless, like now they've moved to Melbourne or, or Gold Coast or whatever to, 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 to make the effort to be around that. Um, so that's the second thing. Like do, do, do what it takes to move if you have to, to get around that. Because otherwise you're just going to be, you're going to feel like you're beating a dead horse. Brilliant. Mm. The, the third thing is do whichever protocol makes sense to you to help you get out of your own way because okay. so you may have bad self-talk you may have emotional things that are going on or maybe you feel like you don't have any of those right now maybe or maybe what you won't maybe you just feel like you don't have enough knowledge in that area whatever those those things are for you whether it's reading books to help you overcome those things and gain more knowledge whether it's journaling whether it's uh, finding out and talking to the right person do what do whatever it takes to help you get out of your own way 
to get around the right environment to nurture your growth and know where you want to go. Those are the three pieces of advice I give. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's very valuable. Thanks a lot, Dim. It was a fantastic chat. Thank yes. you, Roman. You're a good man. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks, everyone. <laughs> good night.